This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. This is Eric Gilbranson, and with me as every week is Joe Peters. And how you doing, Joe? Good, how are you? I'm oh, pretty good. Been uh, tired and uh, just kind of under the weather for I don't know what reason this week, but other than that, I'm, I'm fine in general. I'm just bitching about everything, you know? Well, I mean, it's... It- seems like there's a lot to bitch about i mean since we're you know we come on here and we talk about movies it seems like the one thing everybody's bitching about right now when it comes to movies of course is the fact that the han solo movie isn't making as much money as they thought it was going to we assume everyone will betray you and you will never be disappointed but yeah. I, did you see it yeah i actually yeah i heard your review yeah i actually went and saw it as well um i enjoyed it yeah, I actually enjoyed, enjoyed it a lot. lot. Um, it, I would say it exceeded expectations. Not that I ever expected that it was going to be bad like some people did, but um, I will admit during like the, the lead-up to the movie, I was not as excited as I have been in the past. I mean, I'm always kind of excited to see new Star Wars, but yeah, so it, it totally exceeded my expectations in, in, in the best possible way. Yeah, it's great. I'd recommend it to anyone, really. I got a really good feeling about this. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the most of the critic reviews were actually pretty good. I think the big problem is just that nobody was going to see it on opening weekend. And it's really sad that that's kind of become the way that we we judge the success of a film uh, nowadays is not not just full box office, but what the box office was in the first, you know, 48 to 72 hours that it's out, which is kind of sad, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, what did it pull in a shabby $180 million first weekend or something, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and that's considered to be a flop, and it's 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 kind of surprising. I mean, so I really I enjoyed it, but yeah, maybe I'm part of the problem because I didn't go see it opening weekend. I waited like a week. Yeah, and, and hopefully it'll have a little, it'll creep creep back up and make some of that money back. I I honestly don't see it being a failure. It's too good of a movie to be a total flop. If it, and honestly, I think they're blowing it a little out of proportion, calling it a flop. It's doing 180 million opening weekend is not a flop it's maybe just not performing to its uh you know its peak expectations but yeah yeah i think that's that's the big thing that we need to remember too and i i've i I actually before we get into the films we got some some real fun ones to talk about today but before we get into that uh, a phrase that i've seen kicked around a lot lately especially in regards to to the the solo movie is franchise fatigue and since we talk about franchises on here i wanted to what are your thoughts on franchise fatigue is that something we're seeing because just this summer you know we we of course avengers uh infinity war was was absolutely huge and then deadpool 2 made a ton of money and uh, the han solo movie and then there's the new jurassic world fallen kingdom that's going to be coming out and on and on and on do you think we're in a period where where we're just getting a little bit worn out of blockbuster franchises i mean maybe a little bit but i don't know i 
I feel like Hollywood follows trend and Hollywood follows where the money is. And if people were really worn out on these things and weren't going to see them, we wouldn't be seeing 10 or 12, you know, franchise films coming out this summer. Is there a little bit too much of everything needs to be a franchise or everything needs to have its own universe? Like trying to pre-bake sequels into a long series of films? Yeah, there's a little bit too much of that. And we talked a little bit last week about how some of those have not been the most successful because they did. They tried to pre-bake too much into the debut film. And right. But as a franchise fatigue, like I think that's generally referring to what if the viewers are just tired of it, and I don't, I just don't think that's true. I think viewers are eating it up. The the place maybe maybe critics maybe it's the critics yeah. are the ones that are getting fatigued. I was gonna say I think the the place where it's failing is those is is if you concentrate on the failures, you know the the universal dark universe and um, to a certain extent the DC extended or cinematic universe. Um, I think if you concentrate on the ones that aren't knocking it out of the park, you you could say that. You could say that, you know, maybe we're we're over this, but I don't see too many people complaining about the Marvel universe or, or the Star Wars for that. I mean, each of them have their group of detractors, but in general, they're both pumping out movies that are of high quality and, and are receiving good reviews from fans and critics alike. Yeah, I think one of the big issues really has has been just scheduling. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, it, it, if I were a studio exec, which I'm clearly not, but you know, I, I don't think I would have banked on Solo being as successful as they banked on it with the competition that it had. You know, like Deadpool 2 came out, I think, just a week before, and it was like two or three weeks before that was Marvel, you know, it was Avengers Infinity War. Uh, and they didn't market Solo as much or maybe they tried and it just got lost in the shuffle as much as avengers and even jurassic world at this point god it's everywhere yeah and you you're 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 gonna hear me say this i'm almost sick and tired of seeing jurassic world jurassic (laughs) park stuff it's everywhere and i personally for that film i'm already feeling saturation i haven't even seen it yet yeah but i i i think when it comes to like the solo stuff you've got this whole summer like 2018 the summer of 2018 has been absolutely uh, just monstrous when it comes to franchises, uh, blockbuster franchises, and they've all seemed to come out really close together. And considering the average person in this country goes to the movies, what, like three times a year, maybe? Yeah. I mean, that's that's asking a lot. So I, I think, I, honestly, I think Disney and, and, and the Star Wars uh, folks really anticipated, like, oh, it's, we're Star Wars, we don't need to market things. Eh, well, normally maybe not, but, but this time around... Um, it's hitting them, and I think you bring up a good point too. That yeah, it, this is it's still kind of silly to consider this thing a flop when it still made you know a hundred and eighty some million dollars. Right, in and, two days. and That's... don't quote me on the like dollar amount necessarily, but it was something like that. It, it did it did almost two hundred million first weekend. So, is it underperforming for what Disney expected it to do or wanted it to do? Maybe, but I, I think in the end, yeah. it's it's certainly not going to stop them from making more. Star Wars movies, or especially uh, more Star Wars story movies, or you know, non Skywalker saga films. Right, right. But but yeah, I mean, overall, folks, if you haven't seen Solo, give it a, give it a watch. You know, I, I'm not even going to say rush out to the theater so you boost its numbers, but just w- when you get a chance, watch it. It's really good. You know, I would um, I would it, say it surprisingly good. I would say to the opposite, like get to the theater and see it. It's a it's definitely got a. It's one of those movies that you're definitely going to get more out of seeing it on the big screen. It's a that is Pretty true. Yeah, fun, yeah. fast-paced action sci-fi movie. 
and really that's that's exactly what I wanted it to be and it it I don't really have a whole lot of complaints about it. I could nitpick it, but honestly, I think I walked out of The Last Jedi, which I loved, by the way. I'm not going to detract from The Last Jedi, but I think I walked out of that with a couple more complaints than I did with Solo. So, that pleasant surprise. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, me too. Me too. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Hey, just a reminder, all the reviews we do here on the Video Junkyard podcast are full of spoilers. Now, most of the movies that we are reviewing are older than I am, so if you haven't seen them yet, get out there and watch them. But just as a warning, there are spoilers in these reviews. Spoiler alert. So, well, let's jump right in then to um, the stuff we're going to talk about today, the, the movies that we watched for, for this time around. I, we actually, we, we waded pretty deep into the video junkyard this time. Wow. <laughs> and you know, this week actually is the first week, and I, not that we've been doing this for so long now, but... We we have planned and scheduled out some stuff into the into the future, uh, and this is the first week where I actually had seen all of the films on our uh, schedule. Yeah, yeah, I finished watching um, one of them uh, just yesterday. I was homesick with uh, with my son was homesick, so I was home with him and and put on uh, the sequel of the two movies that we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> and wow, that almost made me feel sick so <laughs> should we start with the first one of that pair though yeah should let's start, start with there i think that's a good place to start beneath the city of new york are living catacombs an endless maze of subterranean tunnels unfit for anything human unauthorized for anything experimental and unlikely to bring anyone down there. So, they're coming up. Chud. So, 1984, New World Pictures, which, for those of you not in the know, New World Pictures was originally founded in 1970 by none other than the late, great Roger Corman. What, is he dead? Is Roger Corman dead? I, I don't think <laughs> so. This is the so. late great. I think he's, I think he's still Corman. alive. <laughs> okay, so just the great Roger Corman. Jeez. Trying um, to kill him of off. Course, I mean, <laughs> trying to, it, when he goes, he has to go in a fashion in one of his films, though. Um, yeah. Of course, New World Pictures now owned by 21st Century Fox, but we're talking about the 1984, I dare to call it a classic, Chud. Oh, this is certainly a cult classic. Like, a, a, every way you could define cult classic i would say this so yes classic is appropriate one of the one of the reviews i read about this uh when i was doing a little bit of the background research on chud was um one reviewer said that it's it's a good movie for and i'm paraphrasing but they're like it's a good movie to watch if you catch it late at night and you're already half asleep or drunk otherwise no it's not worth watching and i i see their point but i'm gonna go ahead and disagree because actually i i will go on the record and say i've been sober every time i've watched <laughs> chud and actually this time re-watching it for this podcast i actually noticed some things right in the opening scene that i hadn't noticed before that actually made me appreciate it uh, and was more impressed with it than i ever have been before and i'm i can't believe i'm actually hyping up chud but this is a really it's a really fun movie so yeah 1984 directed by douglas cheek i tried doing some research on him too haven't found anything so this might have been his really one big thing yeah may have um, been. i know it was a catastrophic failure at the box office it did open theatrically small run 
but mm-hmm. um, disappeared, I think, pretty quickly as well. Yeah, but I think if I looked at the box office numbers for that one, too, it still made money. Yeah, well, which, I mean, I mean maybe it that's have much surprising of a budget. being that, it, yeah, it was, I think it's a fairly low-budget film. But So, let's see, at Stars, um, uh, two of the stars in it that, that this I really got a kick out of this was uh, a rather young John Hurd and a rather young Daniel Stern. Yeah, um, so it's which, half the cast of Home Alone. Right, I was thinking, like, God, this would be an amazing mashup. <laughs> You know, yeah, maybe Macaulay it's actually Culkin. a prequel to <laughs> Home Alone with Chud. So, yeah, for Just those of you that Joe Pesci seen... with a Chud, and we're we're talking, I, and that would require minimal effects. <laughs> um, Just so for Just those some of you that eyes and yeah, really, <laughs> for those of you that haven't seen Chud, it's essentially a film about. It, it kind of pulls in a lot of neat elements. It pulls in some conspiracy theories. Uh, you know, like kind of evil government entities, environmental issues, and uh, social issues regarding homelessness, all in New York City. So essentially the basic concept here is that in Manhattan there are these urban legends going around of some kind of creatures or monsters in the sewers, and the film focuses quite a lot on homeless populations from uh, in New York City. From IMDb, a bizarre series of sudden disappearances on the street of New York City seems to point toward something unsavory living in the sewers just so that we have that synopsis. Which... And they're chuds. And yes. they're chuds. And what, is, what does chud <laughs> stand <alert>. for? <laughs> uh, it depends on what part of the film you're watching. <laughs> so on even the poster, chud stands for cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. However, as you watch the film later on, you find out that chud stands for something else quite different. And, I mean, what, 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 what are your thoughts on this? I mean, what are your thoughts on this film? You know, I even the first time, and this is, I think, the second time I've watched Chud, and I don't know what, what level of soberness I was the first time I saw it, but I think both times I've generally enjoyed it. I I have a couple of little issues with it, which I'll get to as we talk about them, but in general, I, I don't know. I think it's a fun movie. It's, it's silly, and the special effects are kind of terrible in a great way, and it, it's got, like, over-the-top performances from pretty much all of its cast uh, john hurd tries to play kind of understated and and yeah uh it, i don't know but there's also some like really good stuff going on i think there's a an actual they actually managed to make give it a sense of mystery for the first maybe quarter of the film uh what's going mm-hmm. on you're kind of put in the middle of this uh situation where you know these people are disappearing it's following the police investigation it's following um daniel stern's character who is a uh, runs a soup kitchen for the homeless, uh, and many of his patrons are uh, some of the early victims or the people disappearing. And um, it also follows John Hurd, who plays a photographer, um, who works with photographing the homeless. So there's like this kind of three-tiered um, approach or, or ways that we get come into this the mystery of what's going on uh, in the sewers and why are all yeah. these homeless people disappearing? And that actually, well, I actually also, is pretty well crafted as a, as a mystery at first. Yeah, as, as your I, first... I agree, and I really liked you know some of the ways they build up that mystery is, is things like when you know the when Daniel Stern's character is being interrogated or you know he's being questioned like interrogation he's being questioned um about you know what his complaints or what what are his problems that he's having is some of his painters aren't showing up he's also noting that some of them that do they're asking him to get them stuff like a gun it's, it's this kind of interesting build-up like why why would they be wanting a gun you know and they actually bring up the point like these people are homeless they don't have anything really why is that the one thing that they want and you know of course then you start to find out there's something that they're very scared of 
uh, or things that are very scared of down in the sewers. I mean, at no, you know, it, at no point do we actually are we actually convinced that you know is this actually a mystery since the movie is called Chud, called Chud and there's a yeah. <laughs> picture of the Chud monster, one of the Chud monsters on the movie poster. Um, you know, never are we actually left in suspense of what it is that's you know ticking off these uh, homeless people who are living underground but but it does it draws you into the story fairly well i mean it's 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 not from a writing standpoint it's it's really not a bad script it's and it, it's competently no. put on screen and when i when i accuse people of being over the top earlier it's it's I, i'm saying that lovingly because daniel stern's performance is is actually quite fantastic even though it's over the top and uh, right what's his name christopher curry i think who plays the police detective and he he's another one who's b-movie kind of uh classic over-the-top performance uh. again reading up on you know how was this movie perceived in 1984 when it when it first came out and uh some of the criticism was like oh you know they're, they're clearly trying to make some statement about the government because another aspect of this film too is is this uh you know there's almost a um military or or just government agency that's trying to to get rid of a bunch of toxic waste right yeah. and and they're they keep alluding to the fact that they're having this this issue on how they're going to remove it safely from manhattan and so you've got the corrupt government aspect of it and the, the film it could be argued that it's trying to make a statement about government corruption but it's and one of the criticisms i read was like oh they're trying to make environmental statements and, and corrupt government statements but neither one of them are done very well right and then the movie's kind of just discarded for that reason alone and, and i can see what they mean because those two you know statements are, are pretty bland however then the statement that nobody seems to really bring up when i when i've read reviews about this is the statement it's making about homelessness yeah in the 1980s in in new york city now remember people also have to remember that this is new york city in the 80s this is before uh new york city became one of the safest you know cities in the world and it's super clean now and if you've never been to manhattan go there it's awesome it's not anything like what you would have seen in the 1980s did they you catch the very all of the chuds they're all gone they got city. rid of all the chuds well yeah. most of them yeah. <laughs> um, some of some of them I mean, still have an office there. Rudy but... Giuliani moved to Florida, right? He's now living in Florida. Is that correct? Yeah, I so, think so. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. the last of them. I think they're they're gone now. But <laughs> did you notice the very first shot of the film is a street sweeper going down the street, and then it cuts to various homeless people. Some of them, you know, maybe with some dementia, you know, they're talking to themselves and, and, and stuttering and or, you know, saying various things. And other of them just kind of digging around. And, you know, it's um, and then it cuts back to this street sweeper that's getting closer and closer and closer to the camera. And it struck me watching this like, wow, that's a really great way to kind of introduce this film about, you know, these. Yes, it's about monsters in the sewers that are radioactive and all this. But uh, there, there's really something to be said for the imagery of homeless people and then just something being swept into the gutters mechanically looming it's coming near you you know if if this movie if people hate this movie fine but i think something needs to be said about that opening shot is really quite brilliant considering the content of the film it's a it's a really wonderful way of building up this is the message and that's why i think it's kind of odd that nobody's really spent too much time talking about the the statement it says about homelessness in this film you know they they discard it because oh well it tried to do an environmental statement about radioactive waste 
or toxic waste, and it tried to make a statement about corrupt government officials, and eh, they're not done very well, so this movie's trash. And it's totally trash, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> uh, the, the statement that it's making about the homeless situation in the 1980s is really quite quite impressive, and there's there's something to be said about that, I think. I don't know if you caught that or not, uh, but uh, again, yeah. like I, I was kind of surprised when I was reading reviews. I was like, nobody's talking about that, really. That that seemed to be kind of a big deal. Yeah, and it, I, I absolutely caught that. One of the first things I wrote down is that I was really impressed with the way the film treats homelessness, and that I don't agree with that review that you're referencing at all. That it's about environmentalism. I think that's kind of just because there's the issue of toxic waste. You could kind of link it to environmentalism, but I don't think that's the point. If there's a social aspect to Chud, <laughs> uh, that's not yeah. it at all. I think it is about the homelessness, and it is about the way that you know the homeless are kind of swept underground, just like just like our you know waste, just like the radioactive waste that the government is is hiding there. I think that's kind of what I mean. Maybe that could be seen as a bit of a metaphor for the way that we are we're treating homeless people in the in the 80s and, and and i think a lot of ways we still do i mean i think that's a problem that we have in this country with kind of taking the face yeah. away from homeless people and i thought it was what's what's cool thing about this movie is that two of your three characters and actually i would even argue that the detective um i'm forgetting the character's name christopher curry's character is also somebody that treats the homeless with at least a shred of respect he's not your average and then the the, the government officials have no concern for them whatsoever right. no concern for the the life of the people that are disappearing um they're trying to cover their ass because this this leak is causing um, could potentially cause some danger to new york city and right okay. i mean one and of the then, things i thought was funny is i mean their way of handling the issue you know when when they're they're finally confronted with, okay so we've got these creatures these cannibalistic creatures down there and essentially it's homeless people that have been exposed to all of this toxic waste and they've become these mutated cannibalistic monsters now <laughs> yeah um, let's not pretend we're, we're dealing with too heavy of material here so. <laughs> right we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna seal the sewers off and we're just gonna open a gas line and then when we can we're just gonna blow it up yep <laughs> it's just like the most ham-fisted response to covering your ass by blowing i mean i was thinking about like but aren't there gonna be questions about that and then they're gonna have to answer for that because there's clearly going to be property damage you know <laughs> right so it is i guess it's easier to explain causing a mass explosion than it is to yeah we know we, we were storing toxic waste somewhere until we could figure out where to get rid of it and people got into it and they got they, they turned into chuds i guess that's it that was easier to to swallow i guess that we're just going to blow some shit up than uh than that and neither is good i'm not saying one is necessarily better than the other i just think it's funny because like their their plan of covering their tracks is not very good yeah. it's pretty bad the outcome no, of it is going to be really really bad it's seriously <laughs> the worst plan that i've ever heard proposed for a you know <laughs> like an, it's basically the like well let's just throw a nuclear bomb at it plan but even more ridiculous because i mean <laughs> If you want to blow something up, why not use explosives? Why don't you know leak natural gas into the sewer lines and then? Well, yeah, I, guess, I mean, in all of film history, where you've got like bad ideas from some government official, this has got to be up there. I mean, honestly, the the mayor from Jaws, I could <laughs> see his logic more than this. Oh yeah, we've we've got you know a couple of shark attacks. Well, I'm not closing the beach on the Fourth of July, you know. Right. <laughs> 
I mean, that's that's really shitty too, but at least I can understand, okay, this guy's just willing to turn a blind eye. Okay, he's yeah. a jerk. But in Chud, the, the, the mayor of New York City, or you know, these people that are in charge, that's their plan is just, well, let's just blow up a couple of city blocks and we'll just say oops. Yeah, as and long as we wipe all those, you know, chuds out, who cares about all the other uh, and all the other homeless? Yeah. And then, so since we've kind of explained through this, right? Of course, that you know, so we have home, the the homeless. Some of the homeless have actually been uh, exposed to this radioactive, toxic waste, which of course is bubbling and green because it's an '80s movie. Of course, um, isn't but, all radioactive waste bubbly and green and glows in the dark? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I thought so. so that's it's, that's, it's, that's what most that's that's what's in you know, glow sticks. It's all toxic waste. Um, yeah, but then you find out later that that Chud actually stands for contamination hazard and urban disposal. So it just actually I thought that was rather clever too. That you know cannibalistic human and underground dweller is how the movie's marketed. Yeah. But actually, no. There's another meaning to it, and it actually fits in with the plot. So. It, so let's it, talk. the more I watch it it's an interesting film because it's it's like they're willing to poke it almost feels like they're willing to poke fun at something but at the same time they're trying to actually be serious in moments yeah and there are serious moments they just and I want to get to the you know the monsters and the the blood and guts and the fun parts of it but I, there was an, an another pretty serious thing is John Hurd's character in the movie who's a photographer and his model wife are you learn about what, a quarter of the way halfway through the film that they're expecting a child that they didn't expect to be expecting. And there's a pretty actually great scene there um, that puts some weight into, you know, those characters and their survival. So, yeah, there's some good stuff there. There's some, like, real characters and some stuff going on in their lives. Uh, Daniel Stern's character is another good one because he's kind of the, uh, you know, patron saint of the homeless who's... The character as this kind of quasi homeless himself, but running the soup kitchen and, and yeah, he's like an ex con or something. I mean, they you know, there's a line in the beginning where you know the, the police are talking to him, and you know he's kind of doing the no, I'm not like that anymore. This is what I do now. So he's yeah. like a, an ex con or something that's trying well, and, to make amends. Christopher Curry's detective is a bit of a dickwad in the beginning of the movie, but then you find out that you know about a quarter of the way, and you find out that actually his wife is one of the people who's gone missing. Uh, in this area and oh, that's so all a great of a sudden scene. you kind of sympathize with him as well like oh wow okay well now he's and, and you know maybe he's forced because of that to have some empathy to yeah, it's other, a great scene other... yeah you know, which which i always thought was which again i thought was kind of odd but it, it was effective where you know while he's investigating all of this stuff and he doesn't know where his wife is she's missing you know they get a call for you know a body found yep. and he goes there with a couple of police and it's, it's his wife and you know just the other officers been like oh shit it's his wife get him out of there you know like they rush him away i thought that was a nice touch of realism mm -hmm. but at the same time i i questioned how realistic it was that if you're a detective and your your spouse is missing and then somebody says body found i think they'd err on the side of caution and not send you <laughs> just maybe in not case, send you down to the but scene but may, I would hope maybe not. not in 1984 in new york i don't know I don't right. know, but either way, you know, while while that setup isn't necessarily the most realistic, the the response was. Yeah. So it's it, there are some little subtle touches in this film that, yes, I'm I'm defending Chud because it's actually got some, uh, it has some some merit. There's I think. some it thought some, some behind it. There's real characters there. Um, there is, from a script standpoint, there's you know a lot of narrative threads that work pretty well to draw you into the movie. The 
third act of the movie goes a bit nuts, and that's kind of fine. I mean, the type of movie it is, but well, I think it's what you sign up for too when you right. when you go to watch this. That's, I mean, nobody, the third act is really nobody's what you're signing up for. Renting a movie, you know, when this would have come out on VHS in 1985 or six or however long it took them to get things into video stores back then. Nobody's renting a movie called Chud, Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dweller, to to watch characters ponder the you know meaning of forthcoming fatherhood or to um you know have reevaluate the your relationship with an estranged spouse or anything like that no they come to they're going to watch this movie because they want to see monsters uh radioactive monsters tearing people apart so let's get to that part of the yeah. film uh so yeah what'd you think of those <laughs> the big mystery of the film is that these uh homeless people are and the uh, detective's wife as well all people in, from a certain part of town are going missing a large group of homeless people that live underground. We come to find out that many of them have been exposed to radiation that has turned them into chuds, which when we first see the monsters, we see are, I mean, how would you describe them? Green, big green heads with green glowing eyes? Like, <laughs> um, I mean, it's, so, yeah, um, it, they, they almost look like a talking pierogi. I mean, they're not talking a growl, a growling pierogi. They're these big kind of blobby. I mean, it, it was like they took the the costume of the makeup designers, and this essentially it looks like they just piled on, you know, silicone into mm-hmm. these blobs, and then threw some LEDs for eyes. And gave it a lot of teeth. Gave it a lot of teeth, and that's I mean, very Cronenberg like. Yeah, they're very Cronenberg. From it, from a Rick and Morty Cronenberg perspective, but yeah, still very they, Cronenberg. They they use tact enough with the amount that they show the creatures that they totally work. I think when it start the camera lingers on them a bit longer, they start to really look hokey. But that's fine. It's it's a it's a schlocky movie already. Don't get don't get confused by the first part of our conversation about it. It's definitely pure schlock. It's good schlock, but it's definitely schlock. They're pretty hokey monsters, and they're pretty hilarious when uh, the camera lingers on them too long. I never feel like they're actually scary at any point. Like, I feel like the chuckles start to come when the chuds start to get a little more screen time. There is definitely a palpable, like, sense of fear in a couple of the situations, just because they built up, um, like, the, the two things that I'm thinking of is when Daniel Stern's character gets trapped down in the sewer he eventually ends up finding john Hurt's character the sewer's filling up with gas there's chuds running around everywhere you know eating people why are they cannibalistic who knows because radiation does that to them i guess and then also the scene with um i should have written down all the characters names i'm not remembering but the the wife the model who is married to john Hurt's photographer oh yeah um where she is a chud kind of creeps up from the basement and is kind of harassing her and then they don't do anything with the rest of that scene it just kind of suddenly ends and that's it (laughs) um i kind of feel like in this movie and we'll, we'll kind of you know bring it to talking about the end of the movie but i feel like the chuds just all of a sudden disappear from this film like it's understood and it's kind of put to put together in in conversation that that oh yeah we dealt with them they're all gone but you never actually they never actually deal with them like i don't think you see anyone kill a chud in this movie no no the government plan essentially kind of works i mean it all of a sudden in like the very last act it really turns into how are our main characters going to survive this thing that's going to happen so it's not about stopping it and it's i mean because 
and I guess this is where the the the, the writing and the story do it gets kind of complicated and it, it breaks some trends because you know normally in a film like this either you're going to stop the evil plan or you're going to take out the monsters. In this case, it's the plan is evil, but we're going to let it happen because yeah. it'll kill the monsters. Now we just have to get out of it. So it's totally enabling the bad guys, you know, the well, bad humans, and the I non-chuds. Think it's, I think it's more along the lines of we don't have a choice at this point. You know, they're going to blow up the sewer. They're going ahead with this. We need to get the hell out of here and, you know, make sure none of these things follow us out of a... And that, that's the thing that bugged me, I think, about Chud, is about the, the thing I don't like about Chud. This would have been up there on my list of, you know, great schlock films of all time if it weren't for the third act of the movie, and that is that it builds up all this great stuff, like the Chud creeping up from the basement and or trying to break into the apartment with the, you know, pregnant girlfriend. Great, that was a great scene. Only scene that was really creepy involving Chuds, and the fact that the Chuds had crawled out of the sewer and they were breaking into that diner and eating people and it was, all this stuff was happening and then all of a sudden they disappear. What did they just... They had all just crawled out of the sewer to come after people and they were eating people and they were, you know... And then they just, what, decided to go home and take a nap so that they were all back down in the sewer at... <laughs> at yeah, and then they all they died there to when, blow it, it up. when it blows up. They never addressed what happened to the, like, six chuds... Okay, maybe not six. Three or four chuds we saw outside of the sewer at the time when they yep. exploded. Yeah, so you to never me see that, anyone kill a chud. No, and, and to me that reeks of we ran out of money. <laughs> like that just sounds yeah. like maybe from I I don't know if you can get a copy of the chud screenplay anywhere, but maybe there is you know more that was supposed to be there that they're just like okay, well we can't shoot all these outside scenes because we just don't have the budget for it. So let's you know we got to pay for our well, big you, explosion you, at the end. And and the end well, works. You brought up, I you think brought it's, up the diner scene. Yeah, you, know, you brought up that diner scene. There's that the young John Goodman. Oh, it. yes, yeah. Um, Which was really quite quite comical to see. Yeah, I had totally forgotten, and we had a conversation in our last recording session about how wonderful John Goodman is, and here we see, like, he, he was basically a young unknown at this point, I'm sure, it was just pre-Roseanne, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there there's John Goodman again, so he's uh, yeah always a joy yeah. to see. So. <laughs> right. No, I mean, so overall, um, yeah, I, gosh, I don't know what it would be like to try to track down. I think you get a lot of weird questions if you started asking around for a, a, <laughs> a, a screenplay from Chud. Yeah. I, while I was watching it, too, I, I couldn't help but think, you know, all the movies that we're seeing that get remade nowadays, um, this would be a good one. This would be a really good one, I think, to, to see updated. Um, yeah. You know, because I think you could talk about a lot of the same social issues. It would have to be a little tongue-in-cheek because it's just a comical concept well, to begin with. And I don't see unless you were going to totally change the name of the movie and, like, the whole flavor of it, it would have to be tongue-in-cheek. I mean, yeah. you can't make yeah. a movie called Chud and have it be serious drama. It's just not going to work out. That's You're not going to get the right, right audience there. And the audience that does come to see Chud isn't going to be happy if you, you know they don't get a monster movie. This one could probably be done... Well, I don't think I'd want to see a bunch of CG chuds running around. I don't know. I, I'd say leave it alone. As much as I gripe about the the ending of this movie and how it just never reaches its full potential, I think it's still better off unremade. I can't imagine a remake of this actually being any good because I think that it, it would just be a bunch of CGI monsters running around in the sewers of New York. Oh, yeah, it'd have to be practical effects. And there's no way you could do this with CGI. It's just, well, I, I'm not a big fan. I, look, CGI's come a long way, and I've seen some really amazing things with, with CGI, like everybody has lately. And it's so much where you can go back and look at the Lord of the Rings 
films again and they look a little dodgy in some shots yeah uh, and, and those were and those were the best the time, so. oh yeah and amazing you know Gollum looked looked fantastic and people were talking about how, how realistic he looked and now I go back it's like yeah they're walking around with a cartoon this would have to be practical effects and I feel like with with some of the new Star Wars films and, and the new Jurassic World film and I don't mean to keep coming back to those but uh, practical effects are starting to get a little bit of a revival and and, and that's, uh, I am so happy like overjoyed every time that i see a movie that that even just like nicely blends it i'm not anti-cg it just right you know you, know. you got to use what works for the movie and you can't just start you know you can't shun practical effects just because they're expensive and then i don't think you should also on the other side of the coin i don't think you should shun cg right. just because you know you like practical better blended effects right. i right. think in modern movies are the way to go and they're always the most impressive monsters and stuff should look cinematic I'm, I'm really tired of arguing with people about the like well it just doesn't look real it's like yeah well monsters aren't real i don't necessarily want a monster to look real i want it to look and cinematic's the best word i can come up with but um stop motion animation has that flavor to it for sure and it never really looks real i mean it kind of hurts a little herky-jerky but i actually think that's what kind of makes it creepy otherworldly and the monsters are so good for that reason but i, anyway, I think back there to has Chud, to be a level of yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chud has absolutely no uh, stop motion, and it just, uh, <laughs> just some not too great, but also not too terrible creature suits with glowing eyes and yeah, pretty yeah, minimal. It off. They're, I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty minimal. hilarious at, in a good way. Like they're, yeah, they're they're good monsters. <laughs> um, yeah. Just just off the top of your head, what if you had to give Chud a letter grade? Um, what would you? It's where would it be? I I I don't know. I mean, it's I'll, I'll, I'm kind of thinking it's a C. I mean, because it's it it's aware of what it is, but mm-hmm. at the same time, and and what it is 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 pretty outrageous, and it knows that. But at the same time, it takes the opportunity to kind of throw some stuff in there that's that's kind of impressive. So I I really feel like this was a film, and I, I should also just say like when I when I give assign a letter grade to a film. I want to take into consideration what the filmmakers were, what they had in mind, at least the best that I can tell, you yeah. know, when they made this. I don't feel like they were trying to make an art film. I felt like they were trying to make what they made, which was a schlocky, kind exactly. of a fun, over-the-top movie. But I feel like they also were willing and go out on a limb and say, yeah, 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 this is all silly, but let's just throw this in there. And it works really well. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'm going to give it a C. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the middle of the road on this one because I think uh, it's it's a fun movie if you're into cult genre films, especially cult like sci-fi horror. This has got to be one you see just just so you can say the name Chud, just <laughs> yes. so you can tell people I'm watching Chud. I honestly thought I was gonna be lower than you just because I can't kind of came in a little more negative on it. But I think I would give this one a C plus, and I can't I can't go to a B just because. I, I honestly don't care for the way the film ended. It, it really does feel like they just kind of stopped in the middle of something yeah. great going on. I would have liked to see them, you know, actually resolve the chuds and uh, not just, you know, kind of randomly end the movie. However, they did bring the, the char- our characters that we've learned about. They bring that arc to an end nicely enough. But, yeah, I just don't care for the ending of it. So um, I'd give it a C plus, I guess, overall. I mean, it, it is I, definitely... I, I a fun movie to watch and it's got a lot of good stuff going on um, especially in the earlier parts of the film the monsters are campy wonderful monsters and they're kind of an icon of schlock movies now I think Um, so yeah yeah I mean one of the things the more I think about because yeah the third act really kind of it ends really just abruptly 
Yeah. And you're right. It's like the third act. They just completely ignore that the, there are no chuds. And at the same time, I have to wonder, because so many films have done this, I think by having them in there, I mean, this wouldn't have to occur this way, but by having them in there in that third act, you run the risk of trying to give the chuds an arc. Yeah. Um, and I'm so, I mean, I'm kind of glad that they didn't go into that track with this one, because they really could have. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially because they, they were really mutated homeless people, which obviously the, the film itself had some compassion for homeless. It wasn't... It wasn't using them as, you know, fodder without, you know, without having some right. empathy towards them. So, yeah, it definitely could have gone in that direction. So, But the, instead they went with, instead they, <laughs> instead they went with, oh, no, these, these poor homeless people have been mutated into cannibalistic job of the hut looking things. Well, uh, well, let's blow them let's up. Let's open the gas valves, <laughs> blow the shit out of them. Blow the shit out of them. So yeah, um, I mean, yeah. So I'm gonna so. I'm gonna go ahead and stick with a C, C to mid C to a C minus. I mean, it's a, it's a fun movie. I, it's one of my favorite movies to recommend to people. Yes. Um, just because it's it's one it's, it's almost like playing cards against humanity. You learn so much from a person to how they respond to Chud. Yeah, it's one of those you, you know? gotta see, especially if you're into you know if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably. You're probably one of those people that's got to see Chud. If you haven't seen Chud, I mean, see it. Video Junkyard Podcast. So yeah, you were about to tell us about one of the great pieces of human artwork of all time. Oh, God. Chud 2. Bud the Chud. Bud the Chud. A dead body is nothing to be afraid of. He's suave. He heterosexual. He's charming. Ah! He's different. Well, he eats people. I guess that could be interpreted as personality quirk. He's Bud the Chud, a half-dead decomposing humanoid, the result of a military experiment gone haywire. I've, I've watched a lot of movies in my <laughs> life. And it is a rare... This isn't the first. This isn't a first. I'm not going to say this was a first for much. But it's one of the few movies where I had to just keep pausing it. <laughs> and not to catch my breath, but to see how much longer of this fucking train wreck I had to endure. <laughs> I felt Holy that way shit. the first time I watched it, too. So It was... It, 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 it's trying to be a comedy. Yeah. And it fails miserably at both being a comedy and a horror. Let me put it this way. I let my three-year-old watch it with me <laughs> and he fell asleep oh no that's not he a good fell sign. asleep that's you know would, i mean I, I i figured i wasn't really rolling the dice on putting the kid in therapy with it but i didn't expect him to fall asleep during chud 2 so chud 2 bud the 1989 chud, yeah 1989, 1989. and here from from imdb a military experiment to create a race of super warriors go awry and legions of murderous zombies are unleashed upon a suburban neighborhood. So in other words, it has nothing to do with the first movie <laughs> at all, other they, than the fucking title they threw the on it. title, and they use a chud, one of the chuds from the original, on the movie poster. They never appear in the movie that way. They're just no. stupid-looking zombies. But um, this is directed by David Irving, written by Ed Naha, but he changes his name and credits himself as M. Kane Jeeves. Gee, I wonder why he didn't want his name on this movie. Though, the, yeah, the rest it's... of the cast, though, there's like 
there's people in this that are are they're 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 somebody starring brian robbins from head of the class garrett graham of police academy six robert vaughn bianca jagger larry linville of match and many other popular stars i mean yeah. you've got brian robbins who's yeah. went on to become a, you know he was in cellar dweller as well which is a fun we've we've got to find that one and do it here um but he also went on to direct films like like varsity blues in the 90s i mean robert and, vaughn is this what the fuck the... is Robert Vaughn doing in this movie? <laughs> he plays this ridiculous, like caricature of a general in this movie. I mean, he's just—he's obviously just fucking around at this point. Oh my you know, it's just like, god! Just, yeah, I would call it slumming it, but slumming it usually refers to like I'm just kind of half asleep walking through it. No, he's actually having fun with this, but he's just messing around. I mean, Th- uh, this is like Bella Lugosi being in Plan Nine from Outer Space. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about Robert vaughn and yeah just yeah so in general the reason it's called bud the chud is the zombie or and even call them zombies in the movie it's so not related to the first film whatsoever his happens to be named bud i mean that's all there is to it i hated this movie like legitimately hated it the first time i saw it i was able to get a little bit more of enjoyment out of it the second time i think because i knew what i was getting into i wasn't coming off of you know expecting to see like chud too like you know having anything to do with chud or feeling anything like chud at all i I knew what i was getting into so this is a really really terrible movie but it's so bad it's (laughs) actually kind of funny uh if you don't go in with expectations that you're going to get some kind of chud like experience out of it it's oh god i mean i would never recommend it to anybody but if you have to sit through it it's actually quite there's there's some moments that are actually quite hilarious I, even though they're I, just I'm sure, so ridiculous. I'm sure um, there's a drinking game that could be made, you know. Oh god, yeah. Somehow <laughs> and, and one thing I do want to point out that they, that they did in this was you're not they never really say that you're going to be seeing chuds right. even though it's in the goddamn title. They the idea is that they took one of the dead chuds from New York and they produced some kind of a superhuman so, super soldier serum out of it and they're injecting yes. it they try to inject it into this military uh the, who is bud the chud played by garrett graham who i was like god damn this guy looks familiar and, and i had to <laughs> before i even had a chance to imdb it though it, it clicked in my head i was like he's the foster dad in child's play too oh yeah okay yep and he he did so, a lot of like, little little yeah so little bits. andy was fucked from the get-go in child's play too because he went from having a doll try to murder him and his mom going crazy and now he's living with butt the chud yeah i recognize him from a bunch of stuff and i'm sure it's just all little bit characters he did throughout the 80s it looks like most of his career acting career was in the 80s but yeah garrett graham he actually is pretty hilariously awful like i don't know I, I, you could blame this like on the director or like yeah, yeah. But his it, it's so bad like the decisions are so bad and it's it's but it's funny bad i don't know like uh the fact that the first well i can't say the first person the first thing to get infected with this the chudism besides you know uh garrett graham's character bud is actually the family poodle and yeah. he then becomes you know an evil chud cannibalistic poodle you know and, and wait there's more there's there's just like non-stop slapstick zombie comedy um and they're not really even zombies like they kind of like mumble talk to each other and they definitely have understanding of situations because he makes like you know faces and stuff at people when they react to him and um yeah you know he changes his clothes and there's the barber 
the barber chud thing, which is probably the most blood that's in the entire movie. Yeah. Um, there's really not any gore. Everything happens off camera. And I mean, actually, I, I think the for me, the most appealing thing about this film was looking at the cast going, oh, it's that person. Oh, it's the person. You know, yeah. like Bianca Jagger's in this, you know. Yeah. There, you could play the Kevin Bacon game with the Rolling Stones and Chud 2. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that you can do that tells me that this world's going to be okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and or Tr- Trisha Lee Fisher's in it, Carrie Fisher's sister's in it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's got kind of an interesting cast for being such a god-awful trainer. It sure does. I don't know how they got half of these people to do this movie, but and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on Bud the Chud just because it's, you know, it is what it is. But yeah. there are some, like, best of, like, schlock movie moments in this thing. Uh, the General's... Robert Vaughn, who plays this just, like, extremely over-the-top general. I mean, think of your stereotype blow-up general character in any of these kind of 80s schlock movies, and he's just dialed that up to 11. But they pull up to this, uh, you know, diner or fast food place where the chuds have, you know, taken over or, you know, bitten a bunch of people inside. I don't think they actually ever eat anybody in this movie. They, They kind of intend... or. They act like they're going to eat people. They're hungry for people, but I don't think you ever really see anyone get eaten. It's implied, I suppose, but they open up. The general's driving around the small town in a limousine, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right. Um, and they pull the limousine up to this thing to go get some lunch, see that the entire restaurant, you know, employees and patrons have all been turned into these zombie creatures. They pop the trunk of the limousine and proceed to pull out an arsenal of like missile launchers, bazookas, and just essentially an arsenal like of heavy artillery. <laughs> you know, they're not throwing flamethrowers; they're like trying to freeze the chuds with these like ice blasting gun things. Yeah, and yeah, it was really strange. Um, yeah, I agree. And Robert the, Vaughn just he chews the scenes. I mean, I haven't seen somebody play a general that over the top since um joe Pilato as as uh, Rhodes in romero's day of the dead oh yeah just this over the top military but that this is almost like a comedy performance of of the the, same character yeah (laughs) yeah at least in day of the dead you can kind of like suspend disbelief and be like oh well maybe he's gone crazy in this apocalyptic world no with robert vaughn he's just he's it's it's just robert vaughn being Robert Vaughn as a and, general in Chud 2. Yeah. Jesus so, Christ. So Chud 2 was released by, and we talked a little bit about this on uh, a couple episodes back, but was released by Vestron Video, which yep. had kind of started to corner this, uh, or not corner, there were there were like two or three major companies doing it, but these straight-to-video sequel-y, they, they released a lot of kind of in-name-only sequels based on properties that were you know, semi-popular or successful, so thus we get Chud 2, Bud the Chud. And that's where I happened to see this movie originally is because I bought a Vestron video collection and happens to be one of them that's included. Oh, wow. So it, oh, it wow. is uh, Waxwork being one of them as well, which was the best one in this, and, and they kind of... that That's definitely the high-water mark, and there's just an eight-movie collection, and um, I think Bud the Chud was probably the worst one <laughs> maybe yeah, um uh, but yeah, this one it still has like one of my favorite movie moments of all time comes from and and also my one of my favorite movie theme songs of all time um 
which is just entitled, you know, <laughs> Bud the Chud. And if you haven't heard it, just go YouTube that shit. That is the most ridiculous Didn't, thing I, I've I, ever heard. Um, and I think but, a hip hop group yeah, covered it. They sure and did. Sampled it. They oh sure God. did. And they wrote a, a song about oh, this this movie. And um, I should I should find out who that is, and 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 we'll put it in like show notes or something. Because, yeah, there is a song not only about Bud the Chud, but it actually samples the theme song as well. What I did want to get to, because this is very important, um, is that one of my favorite movie moments of all time is when there's a scene in this film where they have just finished freezing a couple of chuds in a barn. They had kind of taken over this farm family. And the soldiers are all standing around with their like reverse flamethrowers pointed at these zombies. And the who i believe is the patriarch of the family the father suddenly runs into the barn looks around at everyone and says what in the wide world of sports <laughs> what in the wide world of sports is going on in here yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and i literally Which, just hit the floor like that is absolutely the most ludicrous line i've ever heard but that is so out it, of place <laughs> It's just like yeah, but it, it was used. But that same line, I noticed that too. That same line was actually said in uh, Blazing Saddles. Oh yeah, Slim Pickens. Oh, okay. Says it. Like what in the wide wide world of sports is going and, on? Here? Okay, well, okay, it's not as great since they obviously stole that from Blazing Saddles. I don't remember that moment. I've seen Blazing Saddles plenty of times, but. Yeah, anyway. It's worth watching again. But yeah, it's it's still a really stupid line. <laughs> in a really stupid Okay, and movie. I'm sure it was it was meant in homage to that. I just thought it was like someone trying to be funny or an inside joke or something, but anyway, it's totally out of place in this movie and but it is like seriously the most hilarious or it's probably the best moment in Bud the Chud. Um there's a couple of good I'll moments, agree to that, but... yeah. Yeah, I'll <laughs> it agree to that. Make any sense at all. No, uh, well, anyway. no, nothing makes any sense in it. Uh, no, I mean, it, there, there's kind of a legacy, though. I mean, we're, we kind of ended up inadvertently doing a forgotten franchise because there's technically two Chud films. But yep. there, there's a bit of a legacy here in the fact that, you know, you, you mentioned the, the, the theme song of, of Chud 2. Um, and, and we alluded to there's, um, you know, some hip-hop group that sampled it. But there's, of course, you know, just Chud in general. Of course, the, the was it the... Rep- one of the replacement drummers for the Misfits, Dr. Chud. Yes. And, was, and gone to be a pretty successful drummer. Uh, and also the, the heavy metal band Daughters has a song called And Then the Chuds Came, which is a really good one, too, if you uh, if you haven't heard that band and you're into screamo metal. They're pretty good. So, yeah, there's a, a bit of a legacy with this. I mean, and it's been referenced in a number of films and TV shows, and, of course, it's kind of the epitome of, like you've been saying, like a schlock film, but... Uh, but still, there, there's something here in this podcast. Of course, we find that kind of stuff a bit alluring so uh, and endearing. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I, I would there's say plenty of love for it. Chud is one you should see. Bud the Chud is one you should definitely avoid unless you're just looking for something brainless, uh, having a few beers with your friends. It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's worth a laugh. But, yeah, don't expect anything... Uh, life altering well, yeah it. i mean let me put it this way like i said yesterday when i watched this i was home with a sick three-year-old and in that one 24-hour period i had to watch a number of movies bud the chud being one of them otherwise it was cars three and space jam and believe it or not bud the chud was the hardest one to get through and that is in <laughs> no way it. a compliment <laughs> to cars three 
or uh, Space Jam. But Bud the Chud was the hardest one to get through. <laughs>